On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to be going over the new ERN put or earn put strategy. Before I go on, a couple of reminders. I'm not a financial advisor, so everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. And secondly, if you have not already done so, please first go back and listen to episode 10, which is titled SPX 223 DTE Income Strategy Deep Dive because the earn put strategy is actually an updated version of that strategy. Now the mechanics, the thoughts process is different, but it's gonna give you some context and knowing where it started and uh, where it is now will again, give you some context um, about the new changes. Now, why is it called the ERN or earn put? ERN stands for early retirement now. So this strategy is actually named after um, the blogger who does writes about um, the fire movement, um, Karsten, and he was the one that not only inspired the idea of premium capture rate, but also uh, was the one that inspired this original strategy because he does this selling short data puts and something kind of similar to the, the new version that I'm doing in his own retirement account. So firstly, why did we decide to do this? Um, if you go back and listen to, again, episode 10, you'll, you'll hear the original strategy and somewhere along the way, I don't remember exactly when, but sometime a year, year and a half ago, and I mentioned it in my, my podcast episodes, that I had stopped doing shorter dated strategies, right? I, I do zero DTE because that's intraday, but I had cut out the seven DTE and the two to three DTE and stuck solely to the 90 DTE theta engine. Now, the reasons for that at the time were that um, I could not really find a way to adequately black swan hedge against the shorter data strategies. As you know, Data Engine has the bomb shelter, um, which you know when you're doing longer data strategies, you can get further out of the money, you can do different things with the Vega hedge. With the shorter data strategy, especially the, the then two to three DTE, that's pure gamma, right? So if you have a huge gap, there's really nothing you can do. You're just gonna eat you know, a huge loss, um, and obviously you can hang on with no stop, or if you stop out, it's still going to be a large multiple. So that was the reason I stopped. Um, and the other reason was I was uh, trading with a pure index fund. You know, at the time it was like a mix of SPY and QQQ um, as the core. So essentially I had uh, a stacked beta exposure, right? So if I had, you know, even one X notional on the short data puts and then I was holding you know a fully invested passive core a gap is just going to double my loss if there's a 20% loss it's essentially 2x lever right 20% gap means 40% loss so anyways I didn't like the stacked exposure so that's the other reason I ultimately paused uh, the shorter data strategies so what changed so there's there's few things uh, firstly um, there is now I'm using a higher delta. So with the higher delta, you can get, and this is the same reason if you listen to the old Theta Engine episodes um, and how I moved even the 45 DTE from you know, five to 15 delta, when you go to a higher delta, you can get much more premium. And because you get much more premium, you can use a lot less leverage to hit a certain return. Now, the second thing was, uh, I recently changed up my kind of portfolio construction approach and I no longer have 
SPY, QQQ, you know, that direct beta market exposure. And so even if I didn't have the higher delta, <clears throat> and I, let's say I was still doing the, the ER input at five delta, and I had to do 100% leverage, right? Cash secured. At least if I don't have that passive ETF core, then if there is a 20% gap and you know I'm down 20%, well, I'm down 20%, at least I'm not down 40. So not having that core exposure to index funds means that I essentially drop my direct beta exposure in half. So with that, I was willing to take that gap risk again because I'm still going to size very small. I'll talk about sizing a little bit later in the episode. But, you know, back then I was doing cash secured. And even then I didn't like the exposure because of the index funds. Without the index funds, I'm okay with the gap risk. Okay, I'm not saying there's no gap risk. Make that. I want to make that very clear. I'm just saying I now accept the gap risk. Now, the higher delta means um, lower leverage. Um, a couple other things. Now that uh, SPX now has five daily expirations, um, that means that the trade is more consistent in terms of the the expiration cycle because you know it used to be called two to three DTE because on Mondays and Wednesdays you would sell two DTE Monday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Friday, and on Friday you would sell three DTE to Monday. Now the interesting thing is the Monday and Wednesday, the two DTE trades actually had more quote unquote risk and more time in market than the three DTE Friday trade because remember Friday you have the weekend which there's no trading. So really it's really one day in trade, day in market in terms of active trading days. Um, now with five daily expirations, you essentially have one or three DTE, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're selling one DTE, right? So that's the first mechanic. You're selling the shortest dated expiration, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so on and so forth. And a Friday is still the three DTE. So that's the third reason uh, or third change um, and why we're updating the strategy. And lastly, another really interesting aspect is with the shorter duration, right? With the one DTE and you want the three DTE, you can actually get relatively cheap wings, right? Now, I right now am buying the closest five cent wing. And the last time I did this, right, uh, last Friday, it was about 9% out of the money, right? So if you think about this, if you're 100%, right, let's say you have one X leverage and you buy a wing 10% out of the money, right? You've essentially capped your maximum loss at 10% of your account, right? Whereas before with Naked, if there's a 20% gap and you have 1x leverage, you're gonna lose 20%, right? Now, um, I'm not being super precise because obviously you're selling this, let's just call it 3% out of the money. So if you gap 20%, you're only only 17% in the money, but I'm just kind of being general here and just saying there's 20% gap, you know, expect to lose 20%. Now, with the, the wing that's 10% out of the money, right? You can get 200%, 2X levered, and then if there's a gap, you'll only lose the original 20%, right? Because that wing really provides a lot of protection, right? So whereas naked, 1X levered, 20% gap, 20% loss. Whereas you can go 2X levered with a wing 10% out of the money, right? There's a 20% gap, but each um, each put is only limited to that 10%, right? The spread of that width, right? So if you lose 10%, but you're 2X levered, you lose 20%, so on and so forth. Now, um, I'm even willing to 
with the higher credit at 15 delta, you can basically, um, I'm willing to spend a little bit more on the wing. And I looked, if you wanted to spend, for example, up to 5% of that credit on a wing, you could buy it for you know, 20 or 25 cents even. And that you can even get within like 5 or 6% out of the money. So it really limits that black swan risk, right? So those reasons are why I have decided to um, start researching, or I did do research, and have come up with the variant that I am now running, which we'll go over. So it's very simple. I am essentially every single day selling the 15 delta put at end of day, right? I do it around 3.55. You can do it closer to 4 o'clock. I think SPX, you can trade up to 4.15. And actually now I think you can trade even later. There's, there's extended hours now. But anyways, I sell around 3.55, a few minutes before the close. 15 delta, and I put on a 400% stop loss. And 400% stop loss is a net loss. So it means if you collect $5, you're going to set a stop at $25. So the stop is set at 5x the credit, but if it hits, you're going to net 4x the credit in terms of your realized loss. That is it. There is no profit take. That's the only mechanic. So this is, in fact, even simpler than Theta Engine. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go after I sell that, I'm going to buy a cheap wing. Um, like I said, I'm buying the nickel wings and I think it's okay to spend up to 5% of the credit on the wing. So if you sell the wing for $5, you can spend up to 25 cents. Now, when you buy the wing, that's purely for black swan risk control. You are going to set the short only Sorry, you're going to set the stop order only on the short leg. Now, there is one thing I want to point out. This is very important. You can set the stop on the entire spread, but it's likely that the long leg is going to go worthless because it's so far out. And so your order may get stuck, right? If you're trading on TD Ameritrade, your order may get stuck because that long leg is not liquid, so the stop won't work. That's why... And again, the long leg is only for margin control. So I only set a stop on the short leg. However, now this may never come into play, but you may want to set a, well, let's just put it this way. If there's a big gap, you don't necessarily want your stop order to trigger if we're actually fully in the money. And I'll give you an example. If your wing is 100 wide, for example, and we actually gap 200 points and you're 200 points in the money, you actually don't want the stop to hit because you've already taken max loss and that short's going to be trading for 200 some dollars, whereas your long leg is actually protecting you. Now, if you're there, you can have the stop hit and you got to hit the lo You have to close the long leg manually because the long leg actually will have some value. But in any case, it's going to get weird if we in fact gap past the long leg and your short still has the stop. You're either going to take it off or you're going to set the limit of the stop at the width of the wings. That's kind of going to be one of those really weird circumstances where you have to manage the situation. But ordinarily, you're going to have the stop, you know, trigger at you know, $20, $30. If it gaps past, we'll talk about gaps in a second. You know, it could cap at $60, $90, $100, whatever it is. But just be mindful that if you have that wing and you actually 
and again, this has never happened, but we have that 20% gap or whatever, you have to do something with the long leg or manage the stop on the short leg. But other than that, very straightforward. Once a day, sell the 15 delta, set the stop by the wing, you're done. Now you notice that this is a sequential trade. That's the other nice thing. And the other reason I was kind of willing to bring this back, this is one of the main advantages of our Theta Engine is that you don't have a book of trades. You're not managing overlapping positions because by definition, each one's gonna expire that day, or sorry, the next day that you put it on. And so it's a sequential trade. And if you notice something, I haven't talked about credit targeting, right? Normally I talk about 15 Delta with Theta Engine, you're trying to adjust the contract size to balance the credit. In this case, we're not gonna do that. The reason is, again, there is so much gap risk that I only want to trade at the size that I want. Right, so if I want to trade out 1x notional, which is one contract or whatever, depending on your contract size, we'll talk about sizing in a second, I'm going to do a fixed contract. And yes, that is going to give you varied credits and different amounts depending on volatility and thus introducing some sequencing risk. But again, I'm going to just accept that. The back tests I've run are at a fixed capital allocation, so that, that's included. And... I really want to target the size. I'm, I'm size targeting. I am not credit targeting, again, because I really want to make it clear that this is a very, there is gap risk, and you want to trade this small, so we're not going to pay so much attention on trying to balance the credit, but we want to balance the size. Now, in terms of sizing, uh, you guys should know about notional size and how to calculate that. Um, I think you should start at 1x notional or under, now with the wing, I'm willing to go up to maybe even 200%. Now I'm currently only trading 100%. I'm still doing cash secured, even with the wing. That's, that's how small I wanna make it. And so to give you an idea of the instruments, right? 4,000 strike SPX as a 400,000 notional. So one contract of SPX is, you're gonna need a $400,000 account just to have one X, X, one X notional exposure, right? If you're gonna go two X, then yes, you can have a $200,000 account. Now, if you're gonna trade um, ES, E-mini, your account can be half of that, right? Because 4,000 strike at E-mini is going to have 200,000 notional. So if you have a 200,000 account, that's 1x. If you have a 100,000 account, you'll be 2x levered, right? So all the way down, you can trade SPY or MES. The only thing that you have to keep in mind, as you get smaller in the product size, the fixed rate of commission is going to be a larger and larger share of the credit, Right. The back test results I did was with SPX. Um, I didn't even have commissions in there because with SPX, the commission is such a small factor. And again, the back tests are mostly for context. But if we take a look, there is now, if you go to the Trade Busters page, it's linked right in the uh, table of contents, if you want to call it right now at, the, at this moment. It may change. It's on row... Uh, 22. It's called the ERN put strategy. There's a link to that, which will bring you to the ERN put strategy page. Going to go over very quickly what's on here. There's the mechanics tab, which if you listen to this episode, you have all the mechanics, but I, I basically broke it down here. It's like three lines. There is a graph of a portfolio summary I did from Option Omega because Option Omega, what I did was when I back tested it, and you'll see a tab called 1DTE back test and 3DTE back test. To make it consistent, I, I set the DTE to be exact and traded all the one DTE days, which back then, right, because I tested from 2013 up to uh, around August or November of 2022. And so back then it was before the daily expirations, the one DTE was 
Tuesdays and Thursdays because they were selling the Wednesday and the Friday. Um, and then once dailies came about, it was Monday through Thursday. And then the three DTE backtest was until recently, it was every actually, no, it was always every single Friday. So there's two different backtests. The entire set of trade logs are all uploaded there. You can see everything, every single trade. But any questions, let me know. But then uh, Option Omega lets you combine them into a portfolio view, which essentially you can blend the two strategies, which um, there's a tab called the backtest daily summary. That is the blended view. This isn't a trade log. It's the daily mark to market, the net liquidity, the cash, whatever, the has the drawdown, has the profit percent. And the graph at the mechanics tab is in fact showing you that blended mark to market, right? So you have the Kager um, and max drawdown in this case. Now this was traded at cash secured, okay? So this test was run at pretty close to 100% exposure, right? So at cash secured, no leverage, you know, this test is showing 4.7 Kager Max drawdown 3.1%. So the MAR ratio is actually very, very strong. You can see the yellow line is very uncorrelated to the general market. And think, I think in this test, it was actually up every single year. There was not one single losing year. And so, again, take this with a grain of salt. And I would say less is more in the beginning. But essentially, you can run in a 2x lever and get you know almost 10% Kager, max drawdown 6%, right? Because the MAR ratio is not going to change. But start small or do a one lot or do half, you know, 0.5x exposure in the beginning. Just don't go overboard until you understand what you're doing. There is now a 2022 trade log. I, I may rename this eventually. I think I'll just keep a running trade log of all the trades. Um, actually, let me go ahead and rename this now because I want this to, I think I'm not going to bother splitting this into multiple years anymore. Actually, I'll call it live trade log. How about that? That will make it a little bit easier to understand. So you can follow the live trades. I'm just going to start updating these. There's some old trade logs. There's a 2021 log, but that was the old 2 to 3 DTE. And I think I ended it back in September. I'm just keeping there for reference. And there's a graph and you can see how it ran. But that is a basically a different strategy. Now, the last thing we I want to go over before um, we close out is there is the loss multiple because you're probably wondering, hey, what about gaps, right? Because you can't always expect to close it at your prescribed stop level. This is true of Theta Engine. This is true of any trade with a stop loss that has gaps. So you can, of course, verify in the, the backtest log tabs. You'll notice on the right-hand side, um, there's a gray vertical bar. Everything on the left is raw output from Option Omega. Everything on the right is stuff that I might do once in a while to kind of post-process or do some analysis. And there is a column, column U. It says one DTE loss multiple. On the other one, this is three DTE loss multiple. I basically extracted all the stops that were above the 400% and basically calculated the loss multiple. Now you can scroll down and verify each one for yourself with a trade log if you want. But I plotted all of them on the tab called loss multiple. And you'll see that, and I don't know off the top of my head how many stops there were but there are very few that are over the 400 percent now this is only plotting the losses that were over 4x meaning i'm specifically plotting the losses with this higher delta you're gonna get a lot of kind of like partial losses where maybe it expired slightly in the money and got cash settled but it didn't actually quite hit the stop and so that's okay but in this particular graph i'm only graphing 
the stops that, that were over the 4x, uh, and again, meaning they hit 5x multiple or higher, the closing cost. So if we look at this, I can count right now, let's just count these, how many were over 5x, right? There's a lot of lines here, but 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 losses over, I don't know, this is like 10 years that were over 5x. Now, on here, the, you know, the quote-unquote bad ones, this is, say, the really outlier ones. I only count four. I count two that were at 13.2 and 13.7x, and two more that are 9.9 and 10. So uh, approximately two that are 10x, two that are 13x, right? And everything else is right around the 4x, maybe around the 5x, 6x. You can take a look at the graph for yourself. So I want you to, you know, because I know that for a trade like this, the gap is scary. Right. But that's why I do a lot of testing. We do a lot of analysis. We do a lot, we take the, the test and do kind of post analysis, post processing. It's charts like this that can help build conviction. OK, that, oh, what if there's a big gap? But 4X is a pretty wide stop as it is. Right. And so you can see that there just aren't that many that are those kind of huge. Now, when those happen, it's going to suck. But. Again, if you think about it, because we're not taking a profit take, right? So even a 13x, now with you know trading every day, you could essentially recover from that in two weeks or you know, three weeks or less, right? So really, um, I'm not saying that there's no risk. I'm not saying it's not scary when this happens, but I just want to put the data out there and let you see the context and you can take it for what you will. Um, I will probably put out a an episode at some point, uh, maybe after a few months where I've run this new variant live for some time. And maybe some episode if there's new research, because we did test uh, various stop levels, various deltas, and there's different you know, qualitative behaviors about each. You know, I don't know if you remember, I did the Theta Engine Matrix episode where I had a whole bunch of different variations there. But for now, uh, and there, you know, there was by popular demand. I want to get this episode out because I think there's people who are interested in this particular strategy. Um, just want to get the basics, the thought process behind it. So hopefully uh, you guys found that helpful. And for now, we'll leave it there. As always, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also visit my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com where you'll find all of the strategy mechanics, trade logs, as well as the earn put strategy page. There's also various essays that I've written and other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at The Trade Buster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.